This is the weekly breakdown with your hosts, Matt Fiore and Will Hurl. Today we'll be having Jared Frone. Hey guys, glad to be here. And thanks. So today we'll be talking about some performances of different players and Deion Williamson, um, Kemba Walker, LeBron James, and Paul George possibly going to different teams and some all-star predictions and um, some recruits for different teams. And as well, we'll be going into soccer and talking about some transfers and Real Madrid's exit of the Copa del Rey. Then we'll be going into the Super Bowl and our predictions for who will win as well as the recent Hall of Fame inductions in the MLB and our opinion of it. So to start off um, with stat line of the week, a new um, something new that Matt and I came up with. Uh, so Nick Foles had a, had a great game, um, led the Eagles to an impressive win with 352 yards, yards um, only one sack, and Blake Bortles with 293 yards. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts, and what about you, Jared? Well, those are very impressive. Uh, Portals not getting the win over the Patriots, but you know, uh, still very decent game. Mm-hmm. And then going into the NBA for top stats of the week, Kevin Durant with the triple double, twenty five points, ten rebounds, eleven assists, very impressive. And uh, Ben Simmons, uh, nineteen points, seventeen rebounds, and fourteen assists, very good from a rookie. Yeah, two two um, two players that um, I mean Kevin Durant has has proven his class in the NBA, but Ben Simmons really has given uh teams a lookout because he's been forming uh um very very well this season. Yeah, I mean, definitely making a claim for pretty much guaranteeing himself to win rookie of the year. He's mm. been very very good for the seventy sixers. Yeah, well it looks as if that um that year where he practiced with the seventy sixers was worth it. Yeah, I mean <laughs> that's a whole nother controversy at this point, whether he actually deserves to get the title, right? I mean other players playing well, Tatum, but mm. yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons is a class of his own. Yeah, what are your thoughts, Jer- Jared, on the on um, our, our set line? So I think that uh, back to when you were talking about Rookie of the Year, I don't think Ben Simmons will end up winning this year mm-hmm. just because of other players that have gotten highlights, not only, uh, let's not leave out Donovan Mitchell, who has been playing very well, but that's also because he's on his own team, really. He's got no one around him. But um, I would even look at the fact of not only Ben Simmons winning it this year, but if Lonzo Ball can fix his shot, he's got an impressive stat line, but that field goal percentage needs to come up if he's going somewhere. Yeah, well, of course, Lonzo Ball's been known as an athletic player. That's one thing that he has in his game already, but his jump shot, of course, has to be improved. But another name to bring up there, Donovan Mitchell, um, he says he stands at 6'1". Definitely is performing impressively, and I think he has a, a real claim to be up there. But um, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, two players that got um, top four at the position, respective positions for um, the All-Star voting. Yeah, I mean, uh, Embiid making the All-Star games, good to see for him, mm-hmm. first time. Um, other guys, first time in the All-Star game, Carlton Towns, second-year mm-hmm. player, Porzingis, um, Bradley Beal, and Oladipo has been having a breakout year with the Pacers. Um, yeah, it's great to see guys like the skin recognition by the fans, really, yeah, and the well, players. Yeah, well, to, um, to add to that, like, there's been a huge uh, improvement in, in high school basketball over um, the last, like, 10 to 15 years. Another name is... Deion Williamson um, had a impressive um, recent three years w- uh, with his var- respective varsity team. Uh, what are your thoughts um, uh, of Duke and his name? Well, you know, with Duke, uh, it was pretty surprising to see him commit to that college of all places. I would have thought he would have went to one of the Carolinas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Duke has a completely stacked program this year. And going into next year, I think they have a good chance of winning the... Uh, NCAA title, uh, probably for March Madness, and well, who knows? But uh, they're definitely one of the best teams going into the uh, next year. Another yeah. player who could have been the same draft class, Langelo Ball. Not sure what to think of him right now. I mean, he's been doing well in Lithuania, but do you think he would have been drafted anywhere uh, near a player like Zion Willis? I mean, obviously, different year, I mean, but yeah, still. I, I think he uh, definitely doesn't deserve it with players like Grayson Allen playing for Duke, um, a great respective point guard. 
and Trevin Duval, another player um, that has had good performances. I think these players definitely have more quality than Leandro Ball. And honestly, I mean, for one, he was stupid in China. He shouldn't have done that. Um, but he, I don't think he deserved it even before that happening. Not only that, but especially with the Ball family, I feel like that if there wasn't so much hype around them, you wouldn't feel like that they their performances would be as weighted as much, especially Lonzo Ball, who's feeling now in the NBA, who is hyped up by his dad to be one of the best players. They even said that he could be better than Curry and LeBron, and so or his dad makes it seem that way. And so especially taking his son and his, both his sons, actually, and bring them over to Lithuania to play. Um, I feel like he's just trying to hype them up. And they were talking about him even starting his own league for players that are coming out of high school and have to wait that year, or even college now, who have to wait that year before they make it to the NBA. Yeah, well, um, uh, the Ball family is using um, the media as their as their weapon. They're, of course making uh players in in uh Lithuania feed the the ball family. And so that's I think it was a personally a good move for um the ball brothers to have the best chance in, in making the NBA, especially because their performances haven't been in real um season games in Lithuania. They've been in, in big baller uh competitions. Yeah. Challenge games. Yeah, so um yeah, it's it's definitely uh they're definitely manip- manipulating the situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've seen the most recent footage of the Ball Brothers, but like LeVar looks like he's coaching the yeah. uh, team there. I mean, uh, LeVar clearly has some hold over that team. Maybe it'll benefit them in the long run, but right now it looks like it's just an endorsement at this point. Yeah, well, he is the assistant coach, which definitely is a good move. Um, he is officially? Yeah, he's oh, wow. assistant okay. coach. So, um, but I guess he he's endorsing the league with the Big Baller brand. Maybe that might be part of it, but... Yes, the media is definitely playing into the um the ball ball family, and uh, we'll see if they can possibly make the NBA draft in future years. Yeah, I mean, one last thing related to the balls. I mean, Lonzo, I feel, I mean, with how the media has been responding to him early on, everyone was immediately calling him mm-hmm. a bust, and I feel that his um his background with Lavar, I think, is going to completely ruin his chances of getting Rookie of the Year in the end. Because uh, his stats aren't terrible for a rookie. Um, definitely could be better, but honestly, if this was another player, it would not be that badly looked on. Uh, I mean, we'll just have to see in the future, but right now I think Alonzo is getting too much hate than he deserves. Yeah, I feel the same way, but um, the other thing, problem with that is that LeVar has just made him seem like he was supposed to come out here and absolutely be amazing on the court, but like you said, that a couple stats need to come up, especially his free throw percentage. Um, I really don't think that anyone in the league can be shooting 48%, especially a guard who was supposed to be playing at a high level, which his father has brought up many times. So do you guys think the media has been playing more of a helpful role for him or more of a hurtful role? Um, well, for the family as a whole, it's definitely been um, playing a helpful role. But for Lonzo, I mean, he, he made the NBA. Of course, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs like um, like LeVar said, but um, it's definitely gave them a big chance to be one of the most unique families in, in NBA history. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lonzo right now, he has the leadership qualities that the Lakers were looking for when they drafted him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, once he grows into a more sophisticated player where he can lead a young team, then I think they'll be in a good playoff position. Yeah. Also, mm-hmm. more uh, hype around the Lakers. Uh, they've been talk- There have been talks about LeBron heading there in uh, future years, even next year. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I definitely think that probably won't happen. I, I see Paul George definitely being the more likely of the two to um, go to the Lakers. Uh, but, I don't know, UCLA, um, definitely probably the most historic team for the NCAA, um, winning most of the titles. Uh, I think that LiAngelo definitely had a big chance to perform there, and he really blew it. But uh, we'll have to see if the brothers can carry their um, legacy onto the NBA. Yeah, I mean the Lakers right now, their whole future is in question. I, I mm-hmm. but they have so many great players. The, that's yeah, that's fair. Future talents, I mean. Not... Yeah, I mean the biggest uh, change that will benefit them, I think, is I believe after this year they're going to be clearing up a ton of cap space, which will leave them uh-huh. room to sign players like Paul George. 
Uh, I mean, it's really going to depend. Would I don't really see the Lakers bringing in younger talent at this point. I think they've gone through the rebuild stage, and quite frankly, the fans are fed up with it after Kobe yeah. left. So I, I don't really see a spot for uh, like Lamel and Leangelo on the Laker team in their current state. I feel with players like Kuzma, who's been having a breakout year, um, whether they keep Clarkson or Larry Nance, Randall, they have so many young players. Ingram, I mean... I don't really see room for any more young guys. Yeah, well, Kyle Kuzma is definitely another rookie that um, we didn't mention that could win Rookie of the Year, has had great performances. And so maybe the Lakers had, they were, um, for many years, they were the best team in the NBA. And so um, this is definitely a rebuilding period for them. And um, maybe in the future, they'll be able to performances like they did against the Celtics the other night every game. Yeah, I mean, another team in rebuild mode, uh, the Hornets, trading away potentially Kemba Walker I mean mm. thing like that like seeing him go to a contending team like the Cavs or wherever he may go I don't really see it being a good move for the Hornets in the end I mean the Hornets been bad for a while but Kemba Walker's been the face of the team as much as any player could be um uh-huh. I don't know what do you guys think about that yeah well Dwight Howard another name um joining uh, this first year uh as a Hornet um definitely would be a big hit to the team but I could see Kemba Walker moving, maybe saying, "I want to win titles. I want to like, I I don't want to play for the Hornets. That is <laughs> yeah. definitely not uh, one of the top teams in the NBA." But uh, uh, I could see it happening. Um, but you know, a team's gonna make a move. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know about you guys. I don't really see him going as much to the Cavs as you have said, Matt. Just purely because if LeBron's gonna leave in the next couple of years, uh, the Cavs will have to restart the rebuilding uh, process and you already have someone like Isaiah Thomas that is there and hopefully will be healthy to play in a couple years or not or maybe oh, this, that's what I meant or this playoffs uh, season but hopefully he returns to the IT was to the Celtics in a couple years because as we know he was the main man there mm-hmm. and he got done what he needed to get done but I see Kemba Walker more of going to the Knicks and trying to play with Porzingis who's been also having an amazing year yeah, I mean, my problem with the Cavs right now is they really don't have a future, honestly. I mean, Kevin Love signed to a pretty long contract, so he's not going anywhere unless they trade him. Isaiah Thomas, I believe, is in the last year of his contract, and I'm assuming LeBron is as well. I mean, the Cavs have so many awful contracts. They really need to change something up, or they're going to be nine, nine playoff contention next couple of years. Yeah, well, the rumors have surrounded around Le- LeBron James. has always been the face of Cleveland the last years that he's um, been there, but... Cavs are like you said are gonna have to change something and maybe they can sign, uh, or draft uh, a few young talents maybe, try young. Yeah, that'd be a very exciting move actually. So um, Cavs been lacking shooting mm-hmm. recently. Another thing to bring up, uh, what are your thoughts on Dever Devin Booker and uh, Lou Williams not making the All Star team? Uh, I personally don't think that Lou Williams. Uh, I think he may have had a chance at it, but I would have not have liked to see him in it as much as some other players that have been deserving. I think that this was the year that a lot of players who have in the past been there, but even though their stat line this year has not been the best, for example, Paul George, he's kind of playing in Westbrook shadow this year, but he has been there mm-hmm. to the All-Star game, and he was on. he's on Team USA. So to think that he won't be in this one will definitely be a uh, thing to... Yeah, well, take into Paul George is in the he's in the reserves, so um, there's an argument that he could have been a starter. Um, but uh, Devin Booker, I think, has um, definitely has could have, could have made the All Star team, but it's the t- the players vote them in, so I could see them having some loyalty to the earlier players, and especially with Devin Booker averaging twenty five points a game, it's uh it could be argued that he should have made the team. Yeah, I mean, I don't really understand the All-Star game in its current state. I like that now they're mixing players between conferences. But I feel, honestly, in the end, they should just get rid of the conferences and the voting altogether. I mean, if you see, you got, compare the stats of Devin Booker and a guy like Lou Williams who's having a better year than he has in the past, they both average uh, significantly more points than a guy like Kyle Lowry, Al Horford. I mean, different position for Horford, but Kyle Lowry, honestly, I don't think he's... At this point, in the plan, nowhere near the same talent as Devin Booker is this year. I mean, Oladipo, 
I think the only reason he's in the playoffs this year is because he's in the East. I think um, comparing him to Paul George, there's no way he would have made it over him. Uh, well, Oladipo has had a um, – well, you can make a big argument that he's had uh, a year that which could deserve him of the All-Star team. I think personally that he's really stepped it up, and maybe that's because he wasn't in the spotlight, spotlight at, uh, at OKC, but I don't know. I, th- I feel like he's really the bright light at the Pacers, and – I I could see a good argument for him making the All Star team. Yeah, I mean he's having a phenomenal year mm-hmm. for a pretty bad team. Yeah. Not only for the All Star game, but what do you guys think about like the skill challenge, dunk contest, and um, especially the three point contest? Do you think we'll see the Splash Brothers again in there? Well, it's definitely a big disappointment dis- disappointment that uh, Steph Curry isn't um, in the three point co- contest. Probably the best shooter shooter of all time. Um, it sucks, but we're gonna have to see. Clay Thompson, if he can, um, if he can win it this year. Yeah, I mean, one thing I've had mixed feelings with recently is that stars or players they imagine being the best dunkers in the league not taking part in the dunk contest. I mean, usually mm-hmm. you see usually first or second year players taking part. I mean, one player I'd like to see. I'm not sure if they've announced the who's in it yet, but Larry Nance Jr., yeah. even Donovan Mitchell. I mean. The, both those guys would be very entertaining to watch. Yeah, well, a lot of rookies up there. Um, Tyrese Ferguson's another name, and a, an extremely athletic um, individual. Uh, this guy's got a great future, in my opinion. And at first, as as an OKC fan, I thought um, that it was a uh, he was a bust. But really, he's he's proven to me that he has some great athleticism. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple of his highlights recently. He's been mm-hmm. very decent role player for him. Um, one player not making it, Blake Griffin. It's pretty surprising yeah, yeah. to me, honestly. I mean, obviously the Clippers without Chris Paul this year also didn't make the All Star team. I mean, the West is so stacked. Uh, it's pretty sad to see these guys who, I mean, Blake Griffin easily would have made the All Star game over Al Horford, whether the Celtic fans were voting or not. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's very disappointing to see that these players probably deserve to make it in over other guys. Yeah, well, Blake Griffin also had that injury, which might might have uh, caused him to not make the team. But um, it's going to be definitely a cool game to see because really the West usually dominates the um, game each year. And this year it's going to be a close game, especially because LeBron has pushed for a more serious game. And I feel like it's definitely going to be come down to some key plays. How do you think um, LeBron and Kyrie will be in the All-Star game together? Do you think that they can go back to the way that they were in Cleveland? And we'll see some of them in their best ways like we were hoping to see LeBron and Dwayne Wade this year be together well that's definitely a great point to bring up I haven't seen that in the media much but um I I could see them definitely um having some struggles um coming back and playing together but honestly they they were teammates and I think that there might be some uh regrets there but um I think they'll perform and we'll, we'll see a good game I mean, if you compare it to when Russell Westbrook and Durant played last year, I mean, it didn't seem like much change for them when they were playing together. So I think it'll be interesting to see if they play the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not only that, but Matt, you said that the West was stacked this year, and especially now that Paul George and Carmel Anthony have also left for the West, and there's rumors about LeBron going. Why do you think everybody's heading to the West when they could stay in the East, which is clearly not the better conference, and they would have an easier pass to the playoffs. Like, what do you guys think everyone's heading out there right now? Oh, uh, well, my opinion, it's um, definitely based on the markets there. The, the West definitely has more money. Um, like, the Lakers are, have the second biggest uh, market in the NBA. So that's why it's why so many players are um, or want, want to go there. Like, Lonzo Ball is making $13 million over a four-year contract span. I mean, he hasn't proven um, yeah. to anyone that he's... Uh, a great player, but he's still making so much money. Um, like the Portland Timbers, Damian Lillard uh, didn't make it. Uh, it's it's because of the um, of the markets. Uh, the Portland Timber, uh, Portland uh, Trailblazers have a small market and they don't pay their players as much. Yeah, I mean, I feel it's been happening over the past couple of years. It's not something that's all of a sudden happening. I mean. This past uh, off season, it was pretty obvious that everyone's going to the West as fast as they could. Like Jimmy Butler leaving the Bulls. I mean, it's tough to see uh, the East be so depraved of talent. But I mean, I think it's gonna end up rebalancing the next couple of years in the draft because more of the worst teams in the league 
usually are in the East, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what I'd like to see differently. I mean, it's pretty exciting to see all these great players play together. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, not only that, but I think that this is kind of the time where the West dominates, like as we've seen in the past with the Celtics and the Bulls. And the Lakers, obviously, in the West were very good, but we saw the Celtics and the Bulls kind of dominate the East for a long time and go back and forth. Or we had, like, the Lakers from the West getting in there, but I think that this is a time where the West is... Because now I feel like uh, this NBA compared, like, probably since 2013, has just been build a super team and go all the way every single year. The Warriors have clearly done it, and I think that that's what everybody has been trying to do. Like the Thunder acquiring Carmelo Anthony and Paul George, everybody's just trying to pick up all-stars and just push for the championship. Yeah, well, that, that's the whole point um, of the NBA. But, you know, the NBA has put a good policy, which is uh, trading players. Um, not much um, money spent back and forth like other sports. That definitely makes it more fair for the, for the teams to um, be able to um, put up a championship on their table, but um, some newcomers, uh, Towns, Embiid, Porzingis, Beal, and Oladipo. What are your thoughts, guys? I think uh, Porzingis, uh, seeing how he's played this year with the Knicks, he's had definitely had some breakout games, but then there have been games where he's come off of injury and not been so good. For example, was uh, against the Celtics when Michael Beasley, who just came and did his job, but Porzingis was held to one point, I believe it was, in that whole entire game, but he was just coming off um, and game out from the one before. So um wondering to see if he's going to be hyped up and play the way he usually does or mm-hmm. if he's just going to have that off game where he just comes out here and like is very quiet and what he does. Yeah, well, back when uh, Porzingis was drafted into the league, so many doubters uh, thought that he won't be able to play at a high level, but he's really proven them wrong, and with such great length, um, he's he's shown that he can play a role at at a, um at, at New York. That he's really a, a role player, and he's become a great shooter. And we're gonna have to see if he can uh, put up a show uh, during the the game. Yeah, I mean, one player, same position, but very different play style. Carl Anthony Towns. It's interesting to compare these guys. I believe they have relatively similar stat lines, but. I mean, Towns, it's just interesting to compare the play style. I mean, Towns, big man, he, mm-hmm. most of his shots come probably from front of the free throw line. But, um, yeah, I mean, these young guys, it's nice to see them make the All-Star game over players like Dwayne Wade and, oh, well, I still respect him, Henry Ginobili. Like, these guys are probably past their prime. Yeah, well, definitely past their prime, but uh, they're um, definitely players that can, in the future, become the next big thing and it's good to see that the All-Star Games accepting these new people for um, future uh, future teams and uh, uh, future drafts and you know innovation I yeah know. I mean speaking of the young guys like the Rising Stars game so very interesting this year I think uh, a lot of hyped up players I feel like the league in general is being more publicly viewed I mean I, mm-hmm. I mean if I compare it to like I don't know five years ago I would nowhere near hear much about the NBA in the news at all. I feel like the uh, really since the Warriors have come into being globally recognized the NBA as a whole it's getting more attention. I think the Team USA Team World game is going to have uh, a lot of eyes on it. A lot of good players representing Team World which is nice to see. Um, ben Simmons uh, I believe Joel Embiid is actually going to be playing for him. Um, yeah, it's going to be a very competitive game I think this year and years past honestly I wouldn't not even considered paying attention to a game like this, but very good players are making up the rosters. Yeah, well, uh, I really hope that the game has more competition, unlike other years, is more of a joke. Um, I hope to see a hard-fought game and uh, and people really caring about the result. Yeah, I see. I agree with that. Back to what you said, Matt, about how this game had maybe, or the NBA may have not had that um, as much attention in the past five years. But I also think that the NBA is getting younger and people are getting better. For example, uh, Jason Tatum, who was drafted by the Celtics this year, um, 19 years old. And he has clearly proven that he can play with some of the top players in the NBA still. Especially people also like Donovan Mitchell. And it just seems like the NBA is getting younger, but the people coming in are getting better. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, well, I mean, that definitely plays a toll because 
like I said, college basketball and high school basketball are getting uh are having a lot of improvements. Um, these players swimming in are being able to um, take the test and playing in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the league in general is just more athletic than it has been in the past. Um, you don't really see, I mean, the game has been considered going small. Uh, you don't see as many big men dominating the game. It's really the young, fast guys who can get up higher. Um, yeah, I mean, that's why you see guys like Donovan Mitchell, who is on the smaller side, since his uh, athleticism has been giving him all his attention, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in this game. Not yeah. only that, it's just that I feel like a lot of the NBA has turned to small ball, really. I think that a lot of teams have that one big man that can step out and shoot the three if needed. For example, Al Horford, Kristaps Porzingis, or mm-hmm. even Draymond Green when the Warriors play small ball, is that a lot of new... They also want a lot of big men to be able to step out and hit that shot behind the perimeter. And I think they've gone away from how the NBA used to be where people like Shaquille O'Neal would dominate inside and grab every single board. They'd crash the glass. Now it's more of, let's find the open shooter and get him the ball. And I really think that helps spread the floor, especially when you have five people on the floor that can shoot the ball from three-point range. Yeah, well, um, I'm definitely more of a fan of the dunking game, more exciting players, but it's definitely changing it because more more great shooters are coming into the NBA. So uh, a lot of improvements are happening for each team, and uh, that's what's probably going to happen at the All-Star game, a lot of shooting. So um, Detroit's six-game losing streak, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Detroit's one team that had a very hot start to the year. (laughs) I believe they were in third place at one point. But, I mean, honestly, their team, they're lacking the star power to make a run in the playoffs. Um, they have very solid players all around, but, honestly, their six-game losing streak is not something unexpected. Yeah, also, to go back to that, Andre Drummond on the Detroit Pistons, do you think that he should have made the All-Star game? Um, well, that's definitely a good question. I mean, to look at his stat line, he's definitely one of the best big men in the league, um, grabbing the second-most boards and putting up about 15 points per game. Um, you know, he, he has the same, same about the same stat line as Lonzo Ball. It's just, it's definitely hard um, hard for him not to see him on the team, but, you know, um, it's the players that vote, the, that vote them in, so um, it's definitely very close. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we were kind of getting at before when we were talking about small ball, but I feel like rebounding is kind of a step that just ignored at this point. I mean... Mm-hmm. Hassan Whiteside's another guy for the Heat who, grab, I believe he actually has the most rebounds in the league. Um, but yeah, I mean, these guys just don't get the recognition they honestly deserve. They're just as talented, but they don't have the highlights to give them all the attention they need for the votes. Uh, well, Steven Adams is another um, name to mention. Uh, really is a key player to the Thunder, grabbing so many boards, getting a good amount of points per game, and really being the strong guy in the court that uh really makes the plays happen, always putting in 100%. Um, these these players, like you said, are are, are uh, not getting enough attention and they're um, getting too much criticism. Yeah, I mean, our next point to go over is the Thunder 16 winning streak. I mean, I feel like the Thunder recently have been playing so well because their players are all contributing. I mean, Paul George not making the all-star team, Stephen Adams playing well, and Carmelo playing his role finally that he was expected to do and they got him. Uh, I feel like this team is now coming together, and this is what teams should look to model after at this point when they have the talent there and when they can play their role. I mean, nothing can stop them. Yeah, well, back before the NBA season, the Thunder really tried to have a more offensive game, not having many shooters. Well, now they do. They have Carmelo Anthony and Paul George, two shooters that can finish a game in the last second. And really, this team could be an all-star team, especially... I mean, Robertson definitely doesn't have a good field goal percentage, but, you know, in reality, he he's a great defensive player. And to look at the team, they definitely have every key piece they need to, um, in my opinion, win an NBA championship. But the thing is, I'm not sure if they're coached well enough. Yeah, I mean, it's always hard when you have a lot of players who think they're better than they are at times. And that's why it takes a great coach to win games. I mean... Steve Kerr for the yeah. Warriors. That I mean, that's the only reason I think they're as good as they are. Um, good. That's I think that's also why the Cavs aren't as good as they are because uh, Tyron Lue is just not the right guy to control that team. Also, um, back to what you said about the Thunder and what you think they have to win a championship. Um, I'm gonna have to 
twist that a little bit to say that the Thunder starting lineup, I think, was definitely championship caliber. The only thing that could hold them back is their bench. Because you still have, not only did they put up, what was it, almost 150 points on the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James, but the problem was is that that came from a lot of their starters, like for example, Russell Westbrook, Steven Adams. But you still have players that are like Ferguson, Hamilton, even Kyle Singler, who I know has been there for a very uh, decent amount of time. But I really don't think that these guys are ready for a championship game, especially against a team where you're going to have to use your bench against, for example, the Boston Celtics, who have made their bench um, better than it has been in past years. I know that Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier coming off the bench are some of the best players that you could have in the league, definitely coming off there. But I really don't think the Thunder bench is ready for a championship run. That's a good That's a good uh, point to make. Um, another big point, like you said, um, Matt, is the Celtics are really well coached. Um, they probably have Brett, um, the best coach in the league, Brad Stevens, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, big Another uh, important thing to say is that they don't have a good bench. Um, but, yeah, I think that the Thunder has the starting team, but like you said, they don't have the bench. And, you know, I can still see them making a a, uh, a long run in the playoffs, but that's just because they have athletic players. Yeah, yeah, I mean, going back to what we were talking about before, how the NBA is so different, I mean, players go to the best teams for a reason. That's because they want to win. And if you'll team like the Thunder, uh, without the right bench, they're not going to be able to win in this new league. I mean, when Jordan was on the Bulls, you can't really name anyone on that bench because Jordan was so good. It's a guy like Westbrook and even with Paul George and Anthony, they're not able to match uh, just the energy of a team like the Warriors when they have so many consistent players just to throw at them. Yeah, well, you look at what what happens if one of the players get injured. Uh, there's not many players to step up. I mean, Tyrus Ferguson is a name. I think he would be starting on a lot of other teams. Um, really, just a guy that like I could see playing like Giannis Antetokounmpo in, in a few years. Um, but, you know, we're going to have to see if the Thunder can keep um, making their run and maybe even make a deep run in the playoffs. Yep. You know, speaking of coaches, um, Greg Popovich is definitely one that you would want to talk mm-hmm. about as I think, personally, the best coach in the league. You said Brad Stevens, but the only reason I could argue for Popovich is that in all the 20 seasons he's been there with the Spurs, they have made the playoffs, which has been pretty good. And he's gone through his 20 years is a lot of time, which means he's gone through the rebuilding process with them, and he's gotten ready for the retirements of soon-to-be Parker, um, Tim Duncan, who, and also soon-to-be LaMarcus Aldridge. But he's also got players like Kawhi Leonard, who... This is Kawhi's team now. They are definitely ready. I think he's ready when he's healthy to play and bring that team to the playoffs consistently. Like, I would say even a younger LeBron James. I think Kawhi Leonard could definitely play like he did. I know that he was um, led, the steal, led the league in steals last year at one point. And I think that he can be the best defensive player again this year. And I hope definitely hope to see that out of him in future years. But I think that they... The only thing the Spurs could possibly start rebuilding for is definitely that super team quota that you kind of need now in today's NBA where you get the uh, center that could step outside the arc well, and you have someone besides, like even a, even a healthy bench could help you out, like especially with the Cavs. If the Cavs definitely had that extra step on the bench, I really don't think Derek Rose is someone that you're especially now him now after all these injuries like I respect the man for coming back but he will I don't think he could ever be who he was and so I think that's all that holds a lot of teams back in today's NBA yeah I mean the thing with Greg Popovich is he's always had a good team as long as he's been a coach I mean he had David Robinson when he was first in the league and then once they got Tim Duncan I mean I carried them for 15 plus years and now with Kawhi Leonard I mean the reason Popovich is so good is that he can draft players well. I mean, this team now has DeJounte Murray and Kyle Anderson, both, I'm not sure if they're both rookies, but first, second-year players at least. Um, They're very good young talent, and Popovich knows what he's doing, building around them and uh, Leonard, and with Aldridge in his last few years, they'll always be a playoff contender, in my opinion. Uh Well, um, uh, Popovich has brought this team to um, become a playoff team each year, and 
and won so many championships. In part, I think it's because they're underrated. I think Tony Parker is was one of the best point guards in the league for many years. I think he's never been up there in the headlines, and I think that he's definitely underrated. But um, the Spurs have had an impressive season this year, especially with the team they've had, and in part, the bench, of course, and the coach. And But this brings us on to the next topic. Um, speaking of drafts, um, Sanchez signed with United, $31 million a year. Um, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's something that is inevitable at this point. Uh, I mean, Sanchez wanted to leave Arsenal for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Arsenal, uh, I believe they've been relatively struggling, not the top of the league. But, yeah, I mean, Sanchez is a very good player. A bit of a... Too, too inexpensive of a contract, in my opinion. Uh-huh. But, I mean, yeah, still a good move for United in the end. Well, um, Matt, part of, I have to disagree with that. Just because I think that United isn't... Uh, known as an attacking team, you know, Marino's gonna expect Sanchez to defend a lot, and Sanchez is that player that's gonna take people on. And you know, um, I think that he should have signed with City, but for United, I could see him having some good games and maybe bringing him to the Champions League um, finals. So, in part, I disagree with you, but Matt, I definitely um, understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would have considered this a bad move right off the get-go, but seeing Lukaku come in and do as well as he has been, it gives me some hope for Sanchez as a guy who's typically attack-minded, do his job well. Uh, well, he's going to have a lot of options. It's just uh, the problem with United that they've had this season is can they uh, uh, can they do well in the midfield? And, you know, Sanchez will probably be playing left wing and you know, a lot of players might be seeping through and scoring goals on him. So I think it mostly will be positive, but, you know, there could be some situations where Sanchez isn't starting. Yeah, I mean, one guy leaving United, uh, Mkhitaryan, going to Arsenal. Um, yeah. Pretty good move for them, honestly. Uh, I believe he's having a good year. Yeah, um, well, yeah go ahead. Well, if you like Lambert. I mean, so another player that left United because he was attacking-minded and Mourinho is always, always asking me to find behind the ball. Um, it's definitely a good move for him because he wasn't playing at Arsenal, and hopefully, um, Arsenal can get out of the position they're in and um, get up from fifth into uh, a second or third position. Speaking of uh, Sanchez, uh, just a little bit ago, they claimed that he missed uh, his drug test, and it was Arsenal's fault. Just a little drama about him moving to the new team and him missing this drug test. Do you think that will play a role in how? fans see him especially because they claim that it was Arsenal's fault now how was the team's fault but what do you guys think about that I mean he passes medical that's one thing to point out but uh that's a good point to make uh, Arsene Wenger recently claimed that there's no effect on on the transfer or anything and that it, it was totally regulated but you know um maybe he'll be checked now because they didn't know about that and that could have a important role generally in soccer it's not as big a problem drugs, um, drug testing, but, you know, that is an important point to say just because it could totally totally change everything. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for the fans, it's really all about watching the most exciting players. I mean, we've gone over this in past podcasts, but really, it's rare to see players with loyalty anymore, staying with one team. So, a guy like Sanchez, I don't see how he'll be that popular with United fans, but as long as he's entertaining enough, they'll accept him. Yeah, well, they've been known to um, to get players like them. Premier League is a very um, attacking-minded league. So many players that just take on um, defenders. But, you know, Mourinho is different. Um, and we're going to have to see if he changes things and, you know, makes the team more attacking. But that said, uh, it's, it's definitely um, going to help the Premier League as a whole because more money into, into the league. But, you know, um, this could turn some things, especially uh, another move that could happen to Blooming to Arsenal. Yeah, I think um, a player like him coming from uh, Bundesliga, I think they'll bring a lot of fans in from Germany. He's, he was a very exciting player to watch for the uh, mm-hmm. Dortmund. Um, Top tier talent, very fast. I think Arsenal made a great move getting him and Mkhitaryan, former teammates. Um, yeah, I think this will help them at least move up a couple spots, hopefully. Well, it is... Um, well, the the move hasn't been finalized yet. Um, it's still up for um, debate because apparently um, they haven't agreed in uh, negotiations, but uh, 
Arsenal definitely needs a striker, and Lacazette isn't performing as well as he should, but uh, we're going to have to see if the deal completes, and uh, and maybe in the closing days of the, of the transfer market, they're going to be able to sign him. Yeah, Matt, back to what you said about um, how you see that in sports, it's not really loyalty to one team anymore. I think that that happens in a lot of sports now. The only sport I could kind of see it not happening as much in is, is um, the MLB. Um, not as many players are actually leaving to go to new teams. I know that Gina Carl Stanton just signed with the Yankees, but I think that that was a move that was needed for them to rebuild. But I think that the NBA is definitely one of those leagues that are just all about winning championships now. As um, LeBron went to Miami and now goes back to Cleveland, and Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors were prime examples of how people aren't really trying to stay loyal anymore. It's all about winning. Yeah, I mean, with the MLB, it's pretty rare to actually see a player sign a massive contract and perform well. I mean, Stan's an exception because he's MVP. Um, but as the Red Sox, one of the worst signings, Pablo Sandoval, like, signed him to a long contract. I don't understand why some teams make these long-term signings when the players just aren't, uh, aren't established. Uh, and then bringing back to soccer... I mean, hopefully uh, Aubameyang would be able to perform well, but I said with Lacazette, if a guy like who's experienced playing in Ligue 1, I don't understand how a team's quite ready to make that transition. Yeah, well, um, sports are definitely developing as a, a money-making market. Um, it's great for, for, in, for some respects because um, there's more opportunity, more jobs, and more people investing their time, such as us. And, <laughs> I mean... Uh, it's it's great to see more signings because more fans are excited to see their players, and you know in the future, um, I could see players such as Coutinho who recently had his debut at Barca, really stepping up and showing the world that there's so much talent in soccer. Yeah, he'll be a very exciting player to follow. See if he can help Barca win Champions League. Do you think he'd be starting with that team? Um, definitely. I mean, uh, so like signing a player for so much money, you expect him to be in the starting team at once. Uh, um, second um, most expensive transfer in, in history for soccer at about 160 million euro. A <laughs> uh, hefty price to pay. Um, we're going to have to see if he is a bust. Hopefully he's not, just because Barca spent so much money. And uh, we're going to have to see if he, they compete with their um, rival, Real Madrid, which they already have been. Yeah, speaking of uh, football or football, what do you guys think about the Super Bowl this year? Uh, so that's a uh, another topic to bring up. Um, Real Madrid, uh, Real Madrid, and um, teams like these bringing a lot of market, market to their, uh, a lot of fans. Um, the Super Bowl is such a great event, and I'm really looking forward to it in nine days to see if the Eagles can uh, get the win over the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, before we leave soccer for good here, Real Madrid losing uh, to be eliminated from the Copa del Rey. It's not really surprising anymore to see a big-name team just get eliminated right off the bat. So with the Steelers losing to the Jaguars in the NFL. Um, yeah, I mean, upsets would not be completely uh, unexpected, but with the it Super Bowl, yeah, it tough to say. Well, it happened with Real Madrid, of course. Um, and, you know, a team with such a hot streak like the Eagles are really going to um, they're gonna give all they got every last second against the Patriots. And, you know... I mean, in my opinion, they have more to play for, of course, because the Patriots make it each year. But um, as a Bostonian, it's really great to see that a team is make, is making history each year and probably the best team of all time. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, this kind of dominance I don't think is going to be lasting unless something changes in sports as a whole, in America specifically. You don't really see players lasting long to form a dynasty. I mean, the Warriors are an exception. They're somewhat comparable. But Brady's been doing it with the Patriots for 10 years now. Um, yeah. so. Well, even longer, a bit longer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's rare to see one player just control a team like this anymore nowadays. Yeah, I mean, people always argue that he's never had the best wide receivers around him, especially Amadola, a guy who must got cut from the Patriots. It's it's really incredible to see. And the um, performance that the um, Eagles had with, um, with Nick Foles having 352 yards is definitely really impressive and I think we're gonna have a good game um I think that 
the Eagles are going to put up a run for the Patriots' money, and it'll definitely be close in the end. Yeah, I mean, the thing that makes the Patriots so great, as we kind of covered in the NBA, a good coach. And Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. as long as, uh, along with the offensive and defensive coordinators, um, yeah, I mean, coaching makes the team in the end. If they can lead the players well, nothing's going to stop them. And Belichick's done it with the Patriots for quite a while now. Um, well, of course, um, arguably the the best um, coach of all time in all sports. Um, definitely that's up for debate, but uh, the great coaching staff he has, um, along with his defensive and offensive coordinators, possibly might go to different teams. Uh, it's going to be um, definitely impressive. They can pull off a, uh, another Super Bowl victory. Yeah, let's not only um, talk about the Pats, but Blake Bortles and the Jaguars and... Also, the Vikings, teams that have been eliminated in these playoffs have maybe like the Jaguars, not their offense was not expected to be the best. But when Blake Bortles, uh, arguably the best game he's ever had in his career, coming out here and playing, putting on his best, but the Pats are just uh, still just going to come back. And as Jalen Ramsey, I think it was him who tweeted out after the game, he said, Brady's going to be Brady. And we just got Bradied. So speaking of this, I think that the Eagles um, have something to worry about, definitely, with Brady coming to the Super Bowl again. And especially after last year, what we saw Brady do in the Pats with a 28-3 to comeback. And not only that, I think that there's only there's usually three outcomes with the Pats. It's either a dumb, it's not really like a dominant win, but it's you know the Pats are gonna end up winning, but I think that was most of a regular season, or the Pats are just down the regular season they end up losing. But every single Super Bowl game that the Pats have played, it's ne- it's neither been a blowout or on their side from them or a blowout as in the other team blew them out. Like for example, the two times the Giants played them, I believe the scores was like twenty one seventeen and like seventeen to fourteen. I think that that was for two of the games, and it's always been a close game by either side of the team a great game to play always when the Pats in the Super Bowl definitely a game to watch no matter what type of fan you are what team you're a fan of but I think it's definitely going to be a great game well to mention that Tom Brady's always been the guy that comes back um I mean coming from uh a team in California where a high school that wasn't really known for football he um made it he didn't start till his senior year and um made it his junior year so and and barely was drafted, just made a clip of his highlights and made it to Michigan. But, you know, he's always been a fighter, um, battled some injuries, um, and it really was able to perform until 41 in the end and become po- probably the best quarterback of all time. Um, he's definitely made um definitely impacted the NFL positively, and, you know, he's he's going to possibly play one of his last seasons, and it'll be incredible if the Patriots win, but... It'll be more incredible, in my opinion, if the Eagles win. Yeah, I mean, no matter what the Eagles do, they're always going to be an underdog to a team like the Patriots, mainly because their quarterback just isn't the same caliber as a guy like yeah, Brady. I mean, Nick Foles is very similar to Blake Bortles. I believe they both have under maybe even 50% pass completion. Um, I believe actually under 60. But, I mean, a guy like Nick Foles, I, I mean, he proved me wrong with the Vikings, um, but I don't really see him leading the team unless – he pulls off a miracle performance. Uh-huh. Losing Carson Wentz, I think, is the biggest hit. I think it would be a even more entertaining game, obviously, if he was there. But Eagles definitely love the energy to match the Patriots. Um, well, yeah, again, it's going to be a game to play for just because Carson uh, Wentz was out and um, Nick Foles has replaced him well and um, and proved that the Eagles have a good team. And so, you know, um, I, I personally think that the – Eagles have a better defense than offense. Actually, defense is de- definitely very arguable, but offense, I think they're up over the Patriots. So if Nick Foles is um, having a similar game, it's going to be close. I think that also what you're saying is about the offense. It's not only about the physical build of it, but before this playoffs, we know that Tom Brady has 34 playoff starts. But when we talk about people like Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, Case Keenum, because Cam's had zero starts in playoffs. Nick Foles with one and Blake Bortles with one. 
And so I think that experience will definitely play a big role of a backup quarterback stepping up and taking the role and playing amazing, getting them definitely the win, blowing out the Vikings, which the Vikings were actually predicted to win over the Eagles. So that was a great game to watch. And I think that even, I think that with Carson Wentz, the Eagles wouldn't have continued on into the playoffs at the same caliber they were in the regular season. I know that most teams usually get that like hangover, a little dry spell at um, the last few weeks of the season, but I think that this was better. It brings the, more of a team together. And uh, speaking of backup quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers and Jacoby Brissett, what do you guys think of them? Uh, well, definitely a big hit to the Patriots. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to, step up and become one of the best quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. Um, at a great franchise, the 49ers, that have had some history in the NFL. And so it's definitely uh, bad for the Patriots, but like you said, these these two names are important um, to the NFL just because of the future. And so we're going to have to see if they can carry legacies like Tom Brady. Yeah, not only that, but um, the rumors going around what Tom Brady and Belichick have been having... Um, do you guys remember who the quarterback was before Tom Brady? I don't exactly remember. Uh, I believe it's Drew Bledsoe. Yeah, uh-huh. that, yeah, that's probably it. Um, there were rumors that um, Tom Brady, uh, Bill Belichick wanted to start Jimmy Garoppolo a game this season, and Tom Brady went to Robert Kraft and he told him that you should you need to trade Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. Do you guys, especially because Tom Brady, when Drew Bledsoe got injured, Tom Brady stepped up and he showed what he could do end up becoming a starter too and I also think that if he never got that like what do you guys think if he never got that chance because clearly he thought Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett had that skill do you guys think he was afraid of the same thing happening to him about what happened with Drew Bledsoe um it's tough to say I mean the biggest thing that I think why they traded them was that it's his last year in the contract because Garoppolo is going to be making a ton of money this offseason probably from the 49ers but you never know um I mean, I bet Brady was a bit concerned. I don't know if he... F- I, I'm, it's hard to believe that he would force the trade, but, I mean, Garoppolo definitely has the talent after he, I believe he won four or five games with the 49ers. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say, but I believe it was a good trade by the Patriots. And uh, I think yeah. they could have gotten more, though. Yeah, well, definitely. five games in a row. Um, These players are the future, and, you know, Bilicek is a, is a guy with an incredible football mind, and Tom Brady as well. Um, two players, I mean, Bill Belichick, a coach, that uh, have the greatest minds possibly in football. Um, Bill Belichick definitely saw something in these two players, and that's the reason he started them. I mean, Tom Brady, when he was out um, for for suspension, Jimmy Garoppolo had a pretty um, decent um, early season. And, you know, these players... Um, Definitely could be the future, and it's sad to see that they left. But this brings on us on to the next topic, the MLB Hall of Fame selections. These players are great, like uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and they haven't been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I mean, the players who were inducted this year represented the older generation, more or less, of uh, sports in general. I mean, Brady is one of the last few pure quarterbacks that are known for their passing and intelligence, opposed to their agility and their speed um the guys inducted chipper jones very good switch hitter um stayed with the braves his entire career one player that you could see as loyalty um trevor hoffman being inducted i believe he has the most saves of all time um and vladimir guerrero one of the most entertaining players to watch hit known for hitting the balls bouncing off the plate i mean a very good hitter and i feel like these guys are really they really embody 90s and early 2000s baseball um surprisingly no uh pd suspected players inducted like bonds or clemens but um i feel like it was a good move by the mlb all said and done to not induct guys like bonds uh just as all the drama surrounding them as we covered last week um i believe mlb uh, i'm not sure he'll be in the eligible to be the hall of fame next year but i think it's a very talented class this year what do you guys think about the um, upcoming classes of the Hall of Fame? Speaking of, people like Alex Rodriguez, who you talked about, was um, PED, the surrounded. Um, definitely when he used steroids or 
people like Big Poppy David Ortiz, you know, when he uh, was accused of it in 2001, I believe it was, and he ended up being proved that he did use them. But um, not only that, but like people like Derek Jeter, um, do you guys think, what are you guys thinking about them making it into the Hall of Fame? Especially, I know Derek Jeter was a clean player, but people like Alex Rodriguez and David Ortiz, how are you guys feeling about them with this so-called PED um, substance stuff around them? Well, David Ortiz has never, it's never been proven that he's has taken these PEDs, but um, these players really, um, if they are inducted into the Hall of Fame, it's going to spread a bad message to them will be because this it's been known to have a, a lot of these players that have issues with drugs and so in that respect i think that there's gonna be problems because more um players are gonna use substances but you know um i personally don't agree if um they induct these players just because you shouldn't be doing drugs in sports it's it's not good like lance armstrong um he took steroids and immediately after that he was stripped of all his his medals um and you know it's um not something that i think the league should be promoting yeah i mean i partially agree with you there i believe a rod will probably never make the uh, hall of fame unless barry bonds and roger clemens do i mean a rod was caught twice using it even after he admitted or said he didn't but was then eventually admitted um david ortiz Derek Jeter will probably be a first ballot hall of famer but david ortiz i believe i i would not be surprised at all to see him make it first ballot too um he was, as you said, well, he was never confirmed using PEDs, uh, but, I mean, his stats back it up. Uh, two years ago, Mike Piazza, uh, not as well-known catcher for the Mets, was inducted, and he was surrounded with some rumors of using PEDs, very similar to Ortiz, never confirmed and not really pursued during his career, but once he was mentioned for the Hall of Fame, that's when all the drama came up. So really, um, yeah, I don't see Ortiz being held back by... PED accusations. Yeah, especially because of uh, what he was able to do in his career, especially with the Red Sox and how he was there, how he was the face of the organization for his prime, basically, of the years that he played there. Not only that, but uh, back to the A-Rod thing about being caught twice, um, how can you feel like, if he's not going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, how come... Um, I forget the Milwaukee Brewers. Yes, Milwaukee Brewers, I think it was. One of their players got their stats completely wiped because of using steroids. How come you think that that didn't happen to A-Rod? Do you think it was because of his legacy? And as a fault of that, is that what's holding him back from the Hall of Fame? Or do you think he'll, they'll still let him in there even though it was his legacy? Um, I'm not sure the exact player who had his stats wiped, but I feel A-Rod, I mean, no disrespect to him, but he was not a liked player in his time with the Yankees. Um mainly because of being caught using uh, PDs twice. And similarly with Manny Ramirez, both were very talented hitters in their day. Um, but just the fact that they were caught using PDs in their prime, and I feel like that totally tarnishes their stats. I mean, it's interesting with Barry Bonds, because I, I don't believe he was caught using it while he was playing, but of course after, it was, he, I believe he admitted to it. Um, but I feel that shouldn't take entirely away from their stats, but guys caught in the middle of their playing career. I think that totally screws them over. Well, A-Rod, um, a guy that had 22 seasons in the in the MLB, has definitely been known for being a great uh, thirds baseman and stop, um, and uh, shortstop. You know, these players are taking sport, sports-enhancing drugs, you know. They definitely should, this shouldn't be promoted because, you know, they're cheating um, the system. And, you know, um, I feel like these players could definitely, um, could definitely prove to other players in the future classes that to make it to where they are should be clean and that's definitely the way um, it should be yeah I mean I believe well the biggest name to be uh, held back from the Hall of Fame for not using PDs is Pete Rose who has the most hits of all time he was held back because he gambled on his own team to win or lose actually I'm not sure on that but he gambled on his own team and that was enough to keep him from making the Hall of Fame as one of the best hitters ever. I feel a guy like that, as long as he can't make the Hall of Fame for just making one mistake, I mean, a guy caught using PEDs, which clearly impacted how he played, I think that's enough to really keep him from making it. Yeah, as long as a guy like this. P. Rose has just been, he's, he was an exceptional player. Um, too late for my time, of course, but um, the, the guy playing for um, a great team, 
um, it, it definitely a lesser of a, um, a crime, but, you know, these players shouldn't be doing things like these, but, you know, Piro's, in my opinion, should have made the Hall of Fame and um, definitely is an exception. Yeah. yeah, back to what you guys are saying about, like, how these uh, PDs are kind of ru- ruining their uh, legacies in the end when they, when it comes to Hall of Fame time. Um, not only that, but a lot of these players who were amazing players regardless or without, like you said, Pete Rose, who never used PEDs, but people that have used or have not used PEDs not making the Hall of Fame, I think that the sports is now focused on um, more of outside whatever you're playing on, so outside the court, outside the baseball field, what you're doing there is what kind of develops you not only as a player but as a character to for more people to like you and put you into the Hall of Fame. I think that that definitely is taking a better, bigger role than it used to. Thanks for joining us at the Weekly Breakdown with your hosts, Will Hurl. And Matt Fiore, as well as our guest, Jared Frown. Thanks, guys, for having me.